How about that one? How about that one? Episode 127, Back on the Horse. That song's actually called On the Back of My Horse, but I wanted to call the episode On the Back of My Horse. So I searched a song in uh, Epidemic, that app that I've told you about, where we... uh, um, where I got unlicensed, well, where they've got the license to all the music, then I can use the whole bloody track for my intro without any copyright infringements. Um, and I found a song called "Back on the Back of My Horse," and that works well enough. I'm calling it "Back on the Horse" because I'm back on the motherfucking horse, y'all. So it's been it's been a minute since I've seen y'all. Uh, seen y'all? One of my fucking southern. States, Southern United States of America, dude. Why did I drag that out so long? Southern United States of American, dude. What am I from the South here? From the South in the States? Y'all. Um, let me redirect this, get the ship back on track. Um, so, what I'm trying to say is it's been a few weeks, man. Um, I'm not going to lie, I've had a rough trot, we've had a shit time, people have shit times, that's life, Um, I'm no different, I am just your average bloody man, and you know, sometimes you have a a, a bloody rough trot mate, so that's where we've been, Um, that's why you haven't heard from me, I've been quite on the socials and stuff as well too, just because you know, life, got life and shit going on, so it's been a few weeks, Um, what happened was, um, Three weeks ago, probably We went to, maybe four weeks ago, three or four weeks ago Went to to Dampier or Kratha for a night To go on the sunset cruise out to the islands at Dampier Um, Through my social club at work, which was awesome, man, really cool But I'd teed up a podcast with a fella down there Who I'm not going to name and shame Because I'm still, you know, down with what he's doing Even though, you know it kind of pissed me off that he that he ghosted me, but yeah, that's what happened. He ghosted me. We were teed up. I'd been teed up for a couple of weeks, and then the day of, and you know, I started chatting to him, and it was all radio silent, like all morning, mid afternoon, early afternoon, until like an hour after we were supposed to have caught up. And then he like texted me and some shitty excuse. So pretty dirty on that. So that fucked up that weekend, and then I had my parents here. Um, my family were in town And we were kind of busy And had shit going on And then you know Some stuff um, Went down We've had some stuff going down So that kind of just threw me um, Threw me for six man And I just Fell off the horse Fell off the horse um, As far as doing the podcast And my consistency And my consistency With the social media content And all that sort of shit Goes So you haven't heard from me You haven't seen me And um, I'm now Making an effort to get my ass back on the horse, just to do one, do a podcast, get one in the bank. Um, I haven't done a lot of prep work for it, so it'll just be a quick little touch, touch in, check in, check in, just a check in, touch bases, and um, get myself rolling again, man. So, um, yeah, it's good to be doing it, man. It's good to be doing it. The longer you wait between doing shit like this, the more you build it up in your head as it's like something hard to do and you talk yourself out of it and you have reasons why you can't do it now or do it tomorrow or I'm not prepared. All this kind of bullshit, you know, like when you're doing a podcast week after week after week, you just, 
you, you know, I do do prep during the week. I make some notes. I have an idea of what I want to talk about. But if I don't have, you know, a whole lot there, it just doesn't matter. I just go um, jump in the my little studio, which is not set up at the moment. Um, I'm set up just in the living room. I jump in there and I just hit record and I go, man. And then because it's been a few weeks, it's so funny how it's this, like after that little amount of time, it's so easy to like, Build it up in your head like it's something hard, and you know oh, I'm not prepared for it. Or maybe I'll miss this week as well because I haven't written anything down. You just got to shut the fuck up and um, get yourself on the microphone and and hit record and and go for it, which is what I'm bloody well doing. So yeah, man, I am running solo, um, solo dad at the minute. My wife's away down Perth for a couple of weeks. Um, it was an unplanned trip. Uh, it was an unplanned trip. It wasn't something that we could sit on and wait. I'm not going to go into the details, like how I changed the emphasis on the word details then. Uh, I'm not going to go into the deets, but, um, yeah, it was just some shit that needed to be sorted and that we didn't ex- foresee popping up like that, that um, she's now down uh getting sorted so school holidays i got the kids all on my lonesome and I'm trying my best here man um i think i'm doing them all right so far but i know what happens is she's away for a couple of weeks so i'll slowly get worn down over the couple of weeks and it's going to affect my work a fair bit as well i've been late every single day because i've got to drop them at um after school or vacation care which doesn't start till like eight o'clock so um Man on his own doing his best here, guys, and um, just appreciate you giving me some of your time to let me um, clear out what's in the head. And um, again, I'll say it one last time, get myself back on the horse. So, went to the circus this evening, went to the bloody circus, um, which was pretty cool, man. It's like... I've probably moaned and whinged about it a fair bit on the potty on the potty lately. That there's just not a lot to do in town for the kids um, during summer, and then late lately, just because a lot of shits closed down and you know no staff and no yacht club. There's no turf club. Um, there's you know just it's just a restricted time to be living up in Headland. So the fact that oh my goodness. Oh, terrible, terrible podcast etiquette. Never yawn on the microphone. That came out of nowhere. That was like a surprise attack yawn, man. I just, like I wasn't planning it. It just, I was talking and it just kind of sprung, uh, sprung on me while I was mid, mid syllable. It just was like, bang, copper yawn, motherfucker. So, sorry about that. I couldn't really, um, couldn't really, yeah, I didn't preempt it. But the circus man, we were there because uh, it was something cool to do. So you know, as soon as I saw, like, I knew that they were probably coming this year because we went in 2019. It would have been 2019. We went to the circus, well, the first and the last time. Um, you know, like three years ago, my daughter was would have been like two or three. She would have been turning three, so she was, you know, toddler. Basically, my boy would have been five, so he's the same age, younger than my daughter is now. So it was a while ago, man, and they don't remember bugger all of it. You know, we've had nothing here for the last couple of years because of COVID. 
And um, I was like, I bet the circus is coming. Well, I was like, I hope the circus is coming to town this year. Uh, Googled it, sure as fuck they were. As soon as t- tickets were available, snaffled up four of them and um, went with my brother and the two kids tonight because obviously mum's not here. So my brother came down, Uncle Mick came down and, and um, jumped in and did the family thing with us, which was cool. And it was good, man. It was exactly the same show as three years ago. It was funny because like, I remembered it. Uh, exactly that that way <laughs> from the last three years ago. There's like the same people and shit doing it, but that's cool. Uh, the kids don't remember a thing about it, um, so that was quite fun, man. Just something exciting to look forward to. You, you know, you buy the tickets and you talk about it, and you see the clowns that they put all around town popping up, advertising you, and then the circus, the, the tent starts getting built and drove past with the kids. I'm like, look, there's the circus. We're going there on Friday, on Saturday night. Like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. And I just think that's, that shit's so cool, the build-up and the anticipation. It's the same thing I love about Christmas. Like, um, I just imagine, I remember being a kid, like, what do they think when they see that circus, you know, on like a Tuesday afternoon, they see that tent set up and, oh, we're going there on Saturday night. It's like mysterious looking, this big fucking weird looking tent with all these caravans and, and uh, um, RVs and, and trailers and shit all parked around it. Like what goes on in there? What sort of magic? Um, what kind of magical world is that? That, that you know we're in. We're, we're going to go look at on Saturday night. So I love that whole build up and that um, anticipation that they were. You know, we've been talking about it for weeks, and especially this week. Now we saw the tent going up, so it's, they've been pumped about it. So got them down there, and, and um, it was cool, man. Got a bit of footage. Um, got uh, I was part of the show one part one point in time. So check out my Instagram page for that. I got roped into getting up on bloody stage, which was like I kind of had a feeling that I was gonna get called up. It was weird. Like uh, I knew they did that because I remember it from last time. I thought they kind of picked on the people sort of in the little front section, but we were like probably too front and center to be safe. Um, though saying that, the first group of people they pulled out of the audience were like sort of kind of deep up in the audience, man. He kind of went really hunting for him, pulled out a guy and a girl, both like married with kids from different families and made them do all sorts of weird shit, like proposed propose to each other and he had to carry her around and pretend to ride a motorbike with her riding on his back and super inappropriate, awkward shit. So I'm glad I didn't have to do that one. Um, but then he pulled us out of the audience and made us pretend we were in a band like air guitaring and air drumming and air pianoing and air like you know singing. Um, I had to do the guitar, um, jumping around, which hurt my fucked up foot, which we'll get to. But um, it was good, man. It was good. It was fine. Uh, I just had a feeling it was going to pick me. I wasn't even looking at him when he picked me. He stood right in front of me and pointed at me and. Once that finger fucking is directed at you, it's it's all over, mate. She's a wrap. You got to go. You got to go. Get involved. You can't be a fucking stick in the mud. Um, so went down there, jumped around like a fucking idiot. Uh, some people in the crowd who knew me were there, and they filmed it. So they've sent me that already. I put it up online for a bit of a laugh, and the kids got a good laugh out of it anyway, mate. So. Um, I was joking to one of the mums who filmed it. I was like, uh, yeah, at least the kids had a laugh, though. They probably think that's just normal behaviour because I do that shit around the house all the time except far worse. So they're probably just like, oh, wow, okay, Dad does that in public too. I thought it was just at home he was a fucking peanut. But um, apparently he does this where everyone in the town can watch. 
So yeah, everyone got to laugh at us. There was other guys. There was there was two two other guys and a girl up on stage as well, which was nice. Got to share the embarrassment around a little bit. Uh, that was that was fun, man. Good for a good good for a laugh and just some of the shit they do is crazy, man. Like the the motorcycles in the steel bowl. That's like that's fucking the like the the sphere. That's crazy. Two motorbikes driving around and around in circles, just missing each other. Dudes on the BMX bikes and the scooters doing backflips and triple pikes and fucking all sorts of crazy stuff in a small, tight, confined area. Uh, the chicks doing like the trapeze work and the fucking the rope swing and all that shit. Cool, cool stuff, man. Like, yeah, awesome. Love it. Love watching people do amazing, amazing things. Yeah, you got to respect the grind and the training and the practice and the hours spent and to, to get these things like you know um, down to the down to the millimeter nearly. You know, like yeah, there's a there's a there's a oh I shouldn't say that. There's a small uh, margin of uh, for error in these tasks. I was going to say like a, a tradesman's terminology for small margin of error there, but I decided not to. Um, a little bit crass. So it was good fun, mate. Had a had a bloody ball. Uh, went camping last week, which was cool. Uh, haven't been out camping for the season, so that was the first one. Me, Shady, one of Shady's little mates, and his dad, uh, Declan and Brendo, they came out camping. Um, Brendan had having permission to, for us to go onto to Grey Station, so so we went on to Grey Station, and I don't know what the creek is called. Uh, I, I know Chichilla's around there, but. I feel like it might be, might not be Chichilla. Might be Chichilla. Might be the one back down from where we were, back down towards Headland. Basically, we went down the border of Pardu and De Grey Station. Someone listening will probably know the border between Pardu and De Grey Station. Then you hook it back down the coast towards Headland, like five k, and there's a creek there. Um, that's where we camped, which was cool. Uh, went fishing and just hung out with the boys, and it was quite a nice spot. It was white sandy beaches there, and the, the the sand around the creeks is all white sand as well. And um, the boys were just fishing hard out all afternoon and all morning. Caught some little brim and some little cod, and Shady caught a little uh, a little mangrove jack, size mangrove jack, but a little one, but still just size that we kept. And cooked for bloody dinner on the Sunday night when we got home And he was just pumped about that man He was so pumped that he caught a fish The first fish he's caught that we've eaten You know, it's always been a little fish that we've thrown back So we caught a fish that was worth keeping We kept it, cooked it up, fed it to him on Sunday night Fed mum with it, I ate it And he was just like, yeah, that's the fish I caught man Which was pretty cool to see that that whole thing happen like he re- he reeled it in and everything mate like i cast out for him but he 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 snagged the fish he reeled it in he pulled it up on the bank like he did it all man and then we we ate that fish the next night which was cool man that whole that whole cycle got to play out and he was just frothing on it man so um i was a little bit disappointed in my swag i found a a chink in its armor which i had already thought about and it, it came uh, became evident on this camping trip because we were camped on like limestoney kind of uh, rock shelf, uh, and the the way the swag works, it's got three like uh, rings that you put in one near the head, one in the middle, one near the feet that prop up the 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 canvas of the of the swag itself. But it doesn't have a middle rail that goes down it like some of the like the big daddy does, the king's big daddy. So the tension comes from tying the rope at the front of the swag and the back of the swag like to your peg and putting them in the ground and because there was 
rock. I had nothing. I couldn't couldn't drive a peg into the ground at all. So I tied the front, or I tied the back to the to the bull bar of the car, and then I had the nothing to tie the front to. So I had to go grab a big rock from off yonder and carry that back and tie the rope around the rock and drop that and pull it away to get a bit of tension on it. I was like, that's a bit shit. You have to have to have something to, to rope off to to get your tension to keep this thing standing up. So that was a little bit of a disappointment with the swag, but it was comfy as fuck. It's comfy in there. It's warm. It's, it's cozy. It's good to get in and out of. Uh, me, Shady, and the dog all slept in there nice and comfortably and cozy. So it was a success. It's the second time I've used the swag out camping. It was a success, but um, that's a bit of a, a bit of a downfall of it there. The fact that you have to be able to rope it off. For it to keep its shape Don't mind me I'm just having a Sip of tequila uh, That was cool man And I'm hoping I might even get him out again Next weekend Just make the most Of the cool weather We've got Go out somewhere Where I can have a fire And take the dog And maybe do some fishing I don't really give a fuck I just want to get outside Sleep underneath the stars again Take both the kids this time So we'll see how that Plays out next weekend uh, I am I am limping around on one foot at the moment, which I kind of I've alluded to a little bit before when I said I was up on stage at the, the circus, um, jumping around like a tool. Um, I busted my ankle, so today's Saturday, Friday week, so seven eight days ago, I uh, busted my ankle. Bit of a weird one. I was at the gym, and on Fridays I generally. Do some bag work, hit the bag, hit and kick the bag. And so I was kicking with my right leg. So I was up on the balls of my foot, on my left foot, full big kick, all my weight on the ball of my foot, on the left foot. And the ankle just gave way, like clicked out from underneath me. And I literally like, I think I missed the bag with my kick or, you know, it was like an air swing. I went whoop. bang, hit the deck and was like, oh, fuck, my ankle felt like something snapped in there. Um, so I butt scooted around the place, gathered my things, um, got my shit out of there, had a yeah, bit of a rinse off, got dressed, uh, went to work in heaps of pain, <laughs> limping around the place, thought I've rolled my ankle, whatever, it'll come good. A week later, I'm still limping around the prick of a thing and the swelling's gone down a bit So, and I've noticed that the pain is kind of localised above the ankle joint, it's not the ankle, it's like the bone above it. Um, so I'm a little worried that I might have done like a might have done some more damage there that I might have a, like a little stress fracture or something in the bone above the ankle. I went and got some scans on on Friday. Um, I've looked at them online because you can do that these days. No friggin' idea what I'm looking at. Like obviously, if you see an obvious break, they're pretty obvious. But if it was a small break or a hairline fracture or a stress fracture, I, I don't think I'd be able to pick that. So. Uh, we'll just see what comes of that. That's a bit, a little bit sucky. Um, I've been still finding a way to work out. Just can't do any leg stuff, and you know I've got the kids now anyway. So workouts are. are, are I'm going to be really working hard to find time and place and a uh, time and a place to do my workouts over the next week. Uh, yesterday before work, I managed to do get a decent session in at home, doing some chin ups and push ups, and then got the kettlebells out and did some kettlebell work which was, I got a pretty good work, 
pretty good some pretty good work in. Um, and then today, I'm the neighbours looked after the kids for me for an hour and a half. While I went to the gym and or maybe two hours. Went to the gym and, and passed the shops, which was nice. So I'm just gonna have to find little spots where I can keep keep working and keep my consistency up because I I need my gym time, man. I need to keep training. I need to keep working just to keep my sanity and and um. I just slow down so much when I'm not going to the gym, hey. It's weird, man. It's, it gives me so much energy, so much confidence. Uh, starting my day off, especially if I can get there in the morning, starting my day with a win or just getting that done, getting it out of the way, it's kind of – it's really hand, it goes hand-in-hand hand with healthy mental space for me. I don't understand how people go through life without exercising, without pushing their body, without getting a sweat on, without doing some work and trying to grow physically. I just don't understand how you go through life without doing that and you feel good because I feel like dog shit when I don't do it. It's a real chink in the armor, man. Like I have to move, I have to push, I have to work, I have to exercise or I just feel, I just spiral around and feel like shit so quickly. So I'm really going to work hard to make sure I'm keeping that consistency going while I'm yeah, single single dad for the next couple of weeks. And I'm not single dad. My missus is just not here. I'm just yeah, you know what I mean. I need to stop slamming that drink down and making the microphone stand sing like that. Um what else happened man since I last spoke to you? We the household had COVID. And I say the household had COVID because uh, your boy didn't fucking get it, did he? Too strong. Too fucking strong. The immune system on this guy is fucking something to behold. What a specimen. <laughs> all right, okay, all right. What a fuckhead. Um, but I didn't get the shit, right? Um... I've been harping on about it's the animal-based diets because I eat liver every fucking day. I'm just fucking just too healthy. It couldn't exist in my cells. But fuck knows, man. Somehow I dodged that shit. Um, Mum had it. Shady had it. Heidi had it. All covid as fuck. Didn't avoid them. Slept in the same bed. Hugged, kissed them. All that same shit that you normally do. I was like, fuck, I'm not going to avoid my family. If I get it, I get it. But I can't get it. I can't afford to. I can't not be off work right now. Um, it was just the worst timing. But the boy, your boy didn't get it, did he? Well, he said, COVID, fuck off. Not today, mate. Brushed my shoulder and just walked on through that shit. So I was pretty bloody happy with myself. Pretty cocky about the whole damn thing too. Uh, I'll probably get it randomly now when no one else has it. But anyway, didn't get the shit. Um, everyone else did. Mrs. was pretty sick. Kids were not too bad. Shady was like sweaty and you know, had a fever and pretty fucked for about a day. Heidi just had some random like little down spots here and there, but she was pretty good. Ems was crook. And uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned, but I didn't get it. So, uh, yeah, running with the animal-based diet and my immune system uh, had been too strong on that one. So, oh, what else? I do – I am trying another form of media at the moment, which I haven't got this planned, but I'll see if I can pull it off without it being too clunky. I started writing a short story. Um, well, I wrote a short story based on – it's a true story. Ten pages, I think it is. And it's called The Conky Farm. 
And it's just a story from my youth about a, a weird time in my life, and I plan on writing a few more of these because I've had a few of these weird <sighs> times during my life, and these weird stories that I feel I just wasted if I don't tell people about them. So I'd like to just read you an excerpt from it here, if I can just find a good paragraph to read. Right, okay, I found a um, I found a good little excerpt from my uh, short story to read to you. So a bit of backstory. Uh, it's a, it's about a, a place I worked at when I was a young youngster. I started there when I was 16. Worked, up, worked there on and off till I was about 20, 21, something like that. Um, was, we called it the Conky Farm. We made concrete retaining um, wall panels um, and the boss there was a fucking straight up psycho and he did some crazy shit throughout the years and a bunch of people from where I lived from from Quinns Rocks we all worked there I was one of the originals probably 30 guys at least from from maybe 30 yeah at least 30 guys from from the area went through there at certain times and uh, all experienced the same crazy shit we were we were a bunch of scrappy kids from Quinns who were all mostly up to no good out there smoking weed and getting into all sorts of drama and trouble and we just had this one thing in common. We all worked at this shithole place called the Conky Farm. The master there was named Nigel Hodge, and he was fucking psycho. This is a story about the Conky Farm and some of the shit that went down there, a lot of it revolving around um, said psychopath Nigel Hodge. So here's a little excerpt out of the short story I'll read from you. <clears throat> in short, coward or not, he was a terrifying man to be alone with under the wrong circumstances or if you went into a rage, which sometimes happened at work. I remember on a Sunday at around midnight, we decided to do some shift work style shifts at the Conkey Farm. Uh, he and I would go in at night around 11 or 12 p.m., strip out the mostly cured panels from that morning. Then the next morning, a crew of three or four would come in and refill the stack of, pa- of, of panels. So we were pulling into the Lansdale Industrial Area, which was completely dead and eerie this time of night. Just me, him, and his big, dumb, Roman-nosed bull terrier, Tess. Tess was dumb as fuck. And he saw a rabbit. He saw this rabbit sprint down a neighbouring factory, down the side of a neighbouring factory, and he swerved into the car park, jumped out of his jumped out of the car with his axe, in hand, axe handle in hand, he kept one on the driver's side floor by his seat and had the bunny cornered down a dead-end alleyway next to the building. He was trying to coax the stupid dog into going down and mauling this rabbit right, but the half-wit mutt had no idea what was happening. Instead, the rabbit weighed up its options and made a run for it, out of the alley and through his legs. That proved to be a fatal mistake, as Nigel, with his psychotic honed reflexes, smashed its head into the pavement as it ran through his legs. Then his dog ran up and grabbed the twitching body and started to worry it and smash it and tear it apart in her mouth. I stood there, frozen, thinking if he notices me in this situation, he's liable to just turn on me and beat me to death with the axe handle too, just because the bloodlust seemed to have consumed him and I'd witnessed it. Instead, he just cheered and giggled and whooped in high praise of himself and his mutt, then threw the rabbit in the back of the ute, and off we went to work. At the end of the shift, he thought it would be a good idea to skin the rabbit, write a note for the morning crew detailing their tasks for the day and using the dead, skinless rabbit as a paperweight and leave it on the vibrating table for the guys. 
Needless to say, the guys in the morning were not impressed and didn't see the humour in the situation. I think they were all a little bit weirded out by it, but they weren't stuck with this psycho in a dead-end industrial area at midnight while he was deep in his fucking bloodlust, were they? Righto. So that's a little takeout from uh, from the Conky Farm, my short story, and it's all 100% true. Uh, to my memory, to the best of my memory, these memories are 20 years old now. So the memory does do weird things, but uh, none of the my stories, uh, none of these stories are, 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 are deliberately fabricated. Um, and I've got a bunch more. So I'm going to keep working on those and keep them coming out. Um, look, dudes, I really, really appreciate. Um, if anyone wants to read that story, by the way, get hold of me. I'll flick it over to you. That's the first draft. I need to go over it and hone it down and crunch it and edit it and do a few things to it. Um, but I'd love for people to read it, and um, that's what I'm. That's what I wrote it for. So, if you want to read it, let me know via probably Instagram or Messenger or something like that, and I'll flick it over to you. You can have a fucking geese. I've already sent it to one of my mates to have a read, and he was um, yeah, gave me some pretty good feedback on it, which was nice, nice. Appreciate your time. Uh, it's good to be back here on the mic, talking shit, doing the damn thing. Uh, we'll uh, endeavour to get the consistency back up and running again. Um, I'm all right. I'm all right if you're wondering. I'm okay. Just life is uh, what it is. I'm a pretty staunch sort of dude, like mentally. Um, I'm always going to be okay. It's just that life is hard sometimes. Shit happens. Things are difficult. You know, we all have problems um, and it's – caused me to miss doing some of the things I love and interrupting my life and made me a bit upset and sad and down and all that kind of shit. You know, I'm human as well, but I'm pretty fucking staunch, man, so I'm, I'm always going to be okay. It's just, you know, um, these things happen and they affect your, your life sometimes, so that's where we're at. So I'm cool, I'm good, and um, it just is what it is. Thanks for your time, guys. Um, I hope that was uh, a good listening, and uh, I will be back. Take it easy. Episode 127, back on the horse, y'all. Righto, catch ya. Peace.